This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? It's the Kotchikov Show now. Yes, it is. Like this episode, please share, leave a review, and hit that subscribe button so you will never miss another episode. And also, please share it if you like it as well. Uh, we have a lot of games to go through. Um, we'll, pr- we'll probably touch more on some than on others, but uh, it's been one heck of a week in terms of not just the games, but of injuries for this team yeah it's been a pretty tough week i mean it started out pretty rough too with that colorado game i know you were watching i was watching it and it was just it was hard to watch i mean it started out you know colorado does what colorado's gonna do and they start lighting the lamp and yeah and i actually thought uh carolina did pretty decent until uh jake t comfort scored the goal and then after that i Colorado just took the game over with it being 2 nothing. Cannon, such a great, great player. One of the best in the NHL scores. Make it 2 nothing uh, end of the first, and they even just explode even more in the seconds. Yeah, and you know, that's what's going to happen when you play a team like Colorado. I mean, they're just, they're fantastic. They're probably the best team in the National Hockey League. I still think they're better than Florida. I know Florida right now is probably going to win the President's Trophy, but I think Colorado is, has, has what it takes to do well this season. But the question is, like we talked about before, can they break through their curses that they have of, you know, not being able to, to do what they're predicted to do, what they should be able to do? Same with, you know, Carolina and Toronto, just two in the Eastern Conference as well, just unable to get there. So I think it'll be interesting to see what Colorado does. But I mean, you know, I think it's important to realize Carolina didn't have a good game. But a couple weeks before, we shut out the Colorado Avalanche. So this game, even though we lost, and it was tough for a lot of reasons, and we'll get to it, we were able to beat Colorado and hold them off the score sheet at home. So there's optim- there's optimism yeah. there, definitely. And you have bad games. It's just part of hockey. I mean, you're not going to win 82 straight. Obviously, we would love to see that happen. We would like to see them win all 82, but it won't happen. You're going to have bad games. Carolina's had bad games this year against good teams, bad teams, mediocre teams, and then we have beaten good teams, bad teams, and mediocre teams. It's just part of hockey, and this game was just one of those nights. Yeah, it was, and uh, even with Colorado right now, as we're recording this, I've lost three games in a row. So every team goes through it, especially like what Elliot Friedman would say, is that there is no perfect team in the cap era world. And the NHL is one of those worlds. Um, but, I mean, in that Colorado game, um, we get a few goals. So I was a little bit happy about that. Of course, um, I do think Colorado, I think uh, they're they're better than what they might be perceived to be with just McCarr. I think they're really good with Taves, Gerard. Um in that um, defense as well. They're just really good all around. And we score a few goals uh, against them, which is, I think, good. And uh, Kemp, and I think Kemper, even though uh, he needs hasn't proven yet in the playoffs yet because he's been with Arizona, they're uh, going to be a dangerous team regardless. So, Yeah, Colorado's going to be good. And, yeah, we did get some goals. We got... Um, Jordan Stahl scored twice, you know, the captain leading the way, trying to push for a comeback. Unfortunately, doesn't really go a whole lot of places. You know, New Hook scores again, so they extend their lead. Just yeah. part of the game, man. And um, again, part of the game. Another thing that is a little concerning is um, uh, Anderson was not playing that well. We'll talk more about well, Anderson like I, like I talked about Anderson, and I think it's important. I, I feel like Anderson hasn't played well since he had that run-in with Tom Wilson in the Caps game. So Tom Wilson and I think it was Stephen Lawrence kind of ran into Anderson. And since then, and I don't remember which Caps game it was, but it was recent. 
And since then, Anderson has played okay. So my thought is maybe he is playing. He had been playing through an injury for a while. Or he just wasn't 100%. And I think that's possible. I think any goaltender at this stage of the game might not be 100%. And I think Anderson definitely was not 100%. And unfortunately, whatever that was ailing him, it it flamed up bad enough that he got hurt in this game. And that's and, that, and honestly, at the end of the day, all that mattered was what's Anderson's health. And the game was lost, unfortunately. You know, that's just we just couldn't climb back into it, and it's fine. But you but lose Stahl, yeah, and you lose came Anderson. Back. Stahl came back. Yeah, unfortunately, Eric Stahl was fine. So Eric Stahl took a night off, which we'll talk about the next game. But, I mean, it's concerning to see your number one goaltender and Vesna candidate and Freddie Anderson go down like that because he's still he's still your number one guy. He's the goalie you assume is going to start game one in the playoffs. And uh, that's next week, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> playoffs starting a week. It, it is next week. Now, uh, it seems like there is some hope with this team um, in the fact that um, – the MRI test that was given to Anderson came back negative. Yeah, Elliot Friedman. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it was um, Pierre, Pierre LeBron, LeBron re- yeah. uh, reported that um, Anderson's uh, MRI did come back negative. So they're going to reevaluate it tomorrow, actually. So today's Sunday. So they're going to reevaluate tomorrow. So we should get an idea of what's going on with them, with Anderson tomorrow. And we'll have an idea if this is long-term, short-term, or season ending kind of a thing obviously I, I don't think it's season ending i think he'll be back at the earliest by the playoffs latest maybe second round if we get there and that's in question now probably for some fans and we'll talk about that in just a little bit um but uh yeah i mean the game you lose stall at the time you're freaking out because you lose your captain and you lose your starting goaltender yeah and saul's been playing fantastic so fortunately like we said stall's Fine. So Eric, you know, sorry, Jordan Stalls just took the next game off. And unfortunately, you finish caught this game, you know, where you lose a couple players and you don't get anything out of it, which is always the worst case scenario. But you just move on to the next game. And as they say, it's next man up. So, yeah. And I will say one thing about that stall injury. I mean, that was a, I thought it, it was a clean hit by McCarr. Um, that was just from what I saw. Um, I know there's some debates on whether that was a clean hit or not, but I think it was. My only concern is that nobody uh, kind of stood up for the captain, really. The yeah. physicality was just not there anymore when that happened. I mean, if the players felt like it was a clean hit, they may have felt like there's no reason to take a penalty here when the game's almost over or get into a fight. I mean, that that may have been their thought process of this game's over. No reason to go out and try and get hurt. You know, we've already, you, you know, it just didn't make sense. I mean, I thought the hit may have been a little bit, I don't think it was clean. I don't necessarily think it was like an egregiously dirty hit. I felt like McCarr came up on stall a little bit high, but I don't know if I would have called it necessarily, but I, I don't, I don't know if I, yeah, I think it's somewhat concerning that you didn't have some players kind of go to his defense and, and stand up to McCarr. But at the same time, if it's a clean hit, I don't know why you need to. Exactly, yeah. But it, it, it is nice if they do. Um, again, I'm not supporting a huge fight here on the clean hits. I, I, I don't want that, but just a little bit of a phys- more of a physical battle um, during the play, obviously. But... I mean, it, it it looked a little bit like a clean hit. There have been lots of worse hits happening happen to us. Uh, Lars Eller, I thought, was a worse hit on KK than the McCarr hit was. So, I mean, I'm not really going to b- beat up on the Canes' lack of physicalness on uh, that play there. So, uh, we go into the Arizona game. With um, Stall out and Anderson out, and we have former Arizona Coyote legend and Tiranta uh, going up against his former team, along with Max Domi. Now, full disclosure: this was a late game. 
I did not really stay up to watch, and neither did you. No, I did not. We probably caught highlights. I, I turned the game on and went to bed, so I, I watched it while I was going to bed. So I caught the first goal. I caught this goal. It was an early one, so I did see this one. And yep. it was a really nice goal from uh, by Trocek. And he needed that goal. Yes, Trocek needed, I think, a good kickstart. And he's been playing pretty good since that goal, so that's important. Um, Trocek's looked look better since this. It was a great goal from Shane Natchez. Natchez, we have been very critical of him. He's been playing better. Yes, he has. And I think um, with both Natchez and we're going to be talking about him a little bit more, Jarvis, they've been doing a little bit better. Now, difference. Jarvis has been able to find the uh, back of the net. Natchez hasn't. But we've saw, but like we've seen with Svechnikov um, last year, is that you can still play very well and not find the back of the net. So I think as long as he keeps up that work ethic, it'll be a matter of when. As long as Natchez doesn't turn the puck over, plays his defensive style game, his fast game, even if he's just getting assists, but as long as he's a positive element to to the game, I think we're good. I think I think what I've seen this week, really after that Colorado game, I think it was a gut check for the or for the organization. And they had not been playing well. But I think after that, they're like, oh, the playoffs are right around the corner. We need to start kicking it in to, to, you know, to, to drive and really start to play well. And they did. They played well against the Arizona Coyotes. That second period was a little bit nutty. Oh, it was. But we, I mean, Domi had a big game. I think that was his first goal that he has uh, scored with us. Yeah, and Domi's been great lately, too. So it's great to see him get, get, get one. Yeah, it it really was, and um, and just to notice uh, when these goals were scored, uh, Arizona kind of got some momentum late in that second period, and um, I mean, I think a lot of people are like, "Oh my goodness, Carolina allowed three goals." I mean, look, Arizona had not been playing well, but if you look at who scored, you have Louis Erickson, who in the past he's a goal scorer. He's probably not happy with the direction. You know, they're all mad. Arizona hasn't been playing well lately. They've lost a lot of games, I think, was it by, I think, four or more goals. And they were about to take that, like, record and to be the team who has lost the most games by having by four consecutive, you know, I think it's either three or four four goals in consecutive games. They didn't want that. You have Louis Erickson and Alex Galchenyuk. Both players in the past have been goal scorers. They're going to score. They're going to score. I mean, you know, they're still an NHL franchise. They have NHL players who are playing for pride. And if you give them an opportunity, they're going to score, which they did. Any NHL team that you give an opportunity should score. It doesn't mean they will, but they should. Um, The only thing, and I looked at those Arizona goals, I don't really blame Ranta for two of them. I think the Erickson goal he could have had. Uh, but the other two, I, I think it was the first school where it was a terrible turnover by Teravainen, and um, I thought Teravainen played very well. To, uh, had a bit of a bounce back today in the Islanders game, but he hasn't really, to me, stepped it up since the Winnipeg game. Um, that's just my opinion, but uh, I. I I, he he turns the puck over and it's Nick Ritchie that scores, and there was a, a bit of a defensive lapse in the Galchenyuk goal. Um, what do you think of the defense? Do you I, think I, that's more concerning than the goal t- tending at that stage of um, the game? No, I, I don't think that. I, I think you have a lot of tired players. I, I think what the defense is going to be when you get into the postseason. We talked about this before. Is it's going to be you know uh, D'Angelo and Slavin, and again, just because people need to hear it, because either they're stuck in their own ways, or they just refuse to admit it. D'Angelo's your top pairing defenseman with Slavin. Slavin's your number one. D'Angelo's your number two. That is your top pair. Period. D'Angelo has played and had an unbelievably great year. He has. I now I think he has the most points ever by a Carolina Hurricanes defenseman. In assists since you only yeah. picking him. So that's outstanding. Slavin's right behind that for, you know, passing Pitkinen. So, I mean, 
I don't I don't really know what else he can do. Everyone in that locker room likes him. He's played really well. Yes, he had a stretch of games where it was tough. So has Ajo. So has Teravine. And nobody harps on them to the extent that D'Angelo gets harped on. D'Angelo has played a very good year. His defensive abilities, obviously, that's not why we got him. We got him for his offense, which he is more than proven capable of doing. But I think his defensive capabilities with Slavin have improved greatly. We saw that from game one. What was the the first play he made that was just impactful? He took down an Islander player on a breakaway. He got back on a mistake he made. He got back and corrected the mistake. And I know, again, we'll talk about this to a degree. We're coming up to it. People are like, you can't compare Dougie Hamilton with Tony D'Angelo. Well, um, if you watch hockey, yeah, you can. I'm sorry, Dougie Hamilton this year, yes, he's been hurt. His plus minus is negative. His point totals are not that high. He's had a rough year. Do I think he'll rebound? Sure, he's a great player. Tony, uh, uh, Dougie Hamilton's fantastic. But then let's take a look at Tony D'Angelo. He's leading the back end on points. He is number two or number one on the team with plus minus. He's right there with Slavin. The guy can play defense. He's playing like a number one defenseman in there. He He's doing the stats if he were, you know, if he even just had probably like 10 to 20 more points, if he were to pick it up, say, next season, that's a Norris candidate player because that's how they decided for the most part is points now i don't agree with it too much but that's usually how they decided it's based off of points but tony d'angelo has been fantastic again people who want to keep criticizing him and attacking you know that's fine that's your prerogative but i mean come on at this point it's time to get over that bias you have against him and recognize the team likes him the coach likes him and a majority of the fans like him and he has played fantastic, and he has more than rectified his issues he's had in the past. He's more than rectified the play that he's had in the past, and he's a positive on the team. If Tony D'Angelo goes down, that's a lot of offense you you no longer have on your roster. So you want to compare him to Dougie Hamilton? That's the right person to compare him to. Dougie Hamilton did the same role with Carolina, except for one thing D'Angelo has that Dougie doesn't. D'Angelo can play defense. He can take you down. He has a physical physical aspect of the game. I don't you do not see Dougie Hamilton hit someone. Never see Dougie Hamilton hit anybody. I love Dougie Hamilton. He was great, great personality, great player. I miss him. He was amazing. He has a huge reason Carolina broke the playoff drought. No one will disagree with that. But Tony D'Angelo brings an aspect of the game that Dougie doesn't, and I think is really important. Now, there's my rant on Tony D'Angelo, and I apologize. <laughs> yeah, and the thing with D'Angelo, because uh, I did see a lot of this more during the New Jersey game, because Hamilton plays for New Jersey, obviously, of, well, you can't compare the two. Um, I think there is a good, valid reason of comparing them. Uh, like you said, D'Angelo was part of the reason of trying to replace the offense that was left when Hamilton uh, w- uh, left the organization. So it's a valid reason to compare. Now, like I told you earlier, Sam, um, that let's say if Slavin left the team, I don't think he will. I don't think, I, I hope he retires as a hurricane. But let's say Slavin left. You can't compare D'Angelo to Slavin because they're completely two different defensemen. Uh, D'Angelo and Hamilton, their natural tendency is driving offense. They're both offensive defensemen. So it, so this thing of not comparing them, it makes sense to compare them. Um, I think when you look at the offense that those two bring, I think D'Angelo is more about uh, definitely better of a puck handler passer than Hamilton was. I think Hamilton probably beats him in the shot category, but um, I think D'Angelo has more qualities that you need in the playoffs than Hamilton has. I think he has the aggressiveness factor. I intensity. Think, yep, intensity. Um, and, uh, He's he he's also I mean he's 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 a better skater in my opinion too because he's faster than uh, Hamilton was and that's my take on it. Um, 
I know Sam's a little bit more brash with his takes. Um, I like to uh, uh, take in uh, viewpoints and then explain uh, my reasoning there, but th- that's just our take. Uh, let's get to that Winnipeg game. And that Winnipeg game, I thought, was one of the biggest games, I think, uh, um, because... Uh, in my opinion, I think this was another team that is not in the playoffs that you need to win. And yet we won against Arizona, but Winnipeg is a little bit better than Arizona. Oh, yeah. I'm actually surprised that they're not in the playoffs because I think on paper, Winnipeg is a good team. It's just their goaltending hasn't been up to par like it usually has. I think Winnipeg this year has just been through a lot. You know, former Hurricanes head coach Paul Maurice decided to step down. I mean, the the team in the city has faced a lot of adversity this year with this organization, and I think they'll be in it next year. I don't. I, don't, I think this is a one off thing where they miss, and it's disappointing for them. I actually like the Jets as an organization. Um, they have a good a good um, crew running the running the organization. I think they'll be fine in the future. I I don't think that's going to be a problem. But they're a good team. They're a very, very good team. I mean, Connor and Dubois were the ones who who scored for for Winnipeg. And at that point, you're like, oh my goodness, it's going to be another one of those games at home. Because then their goalie, Comrie, was standing on his head. And you're like, oh boy, this is going to be like the Red Wings game. And that's kind of what everyone was thinking. It's what you're thinking through the first period. Because really, Carolina played better than the Jets in the first period, at least in my opinion. I thought they played uh, an entire better game uh, than Winnipeg for most of it. Uh, Now, with the two goals, obviously that is deflating. But I didn't see this team uh, really... Let up. Now, in the second period, I think uh, early on, they might have stepped off the gas pedal, but uh, it, it was late in the second period where Terra, or, or was it late in the second period? Let me check. Sam, do you remember? Was it late or early in that second period? The Terravine and scored. Terravine scored. scored at the end of the second. That's why I thought. So yeah, Terravine scored at the end of the second. Adam Gold called it the brand muffin goal because it just that that was it, right? That broke the dam because Carolina took over the third period. They had really controlled the game, but Carolina was not about to just fold the towel they they need to win some games it's it's, it's desperation against, you would think against these non-playoff teams because that's what the rangers have been doing the rangers are winning against non-playoff teams but they're losing against playoff teams so you know i watched that boston game the yeah. last period so at this point it's like you know good for the rangers you can beat the teams that are worse than you but you're struggling against the teams that are in the same class as you so we'll have to wait and see what happens come playoff time but the Rangers lost to Boston, like you said. But that was a big goal. Terravine and got it going, right? And that was it. Comrie allowed two more. And in the, in the third, third period, period, Jacob Slavin, from from all of the work Svechnikov did, because Svechnikov worked his butt off to get you know to help get this goal happen. So Slavin scores tie game. Carolina ties it. That's you know as expected. Carolina was just moving and coming and coming on to the to the Jets, fighting them hard, and that was great. Slavin Slavin uh, scores a goal, which is always good to see him get on the board. And, and then Stall, our nickname for him, Stonehand Stall, of course, because um, it's just funny. Um, he scores with the empty net. Well, we're missing a goal then, aren't we? Oh, we are, aren't we? So yeah, I think we're missing a goal because it was. Oh, it was Seth Jarvis that. Uh, oh, Sam, how could scored. you forget Seth? Jarvis? I am so sorry. Seth Jarvis with his fifteenth, or the beauty as always, because Seth Jarvis is just an absolute stud. Um, from Slavin and I'm sorry, from Smith and Teravine, and that was an absolute shot from Smith. Great shot, and Jarvis, who is a small dude, uh, plays a big game. Um, I was nervous with that goal because I thought they were going to call goal interference. Now they challenged it. They did. I thought it was a frivolous challenge. I didn't really see any. I personally didn't see goaltender interference there. I've, I'm I'm very very reasonable. I used to play goalie 
um, a little bit on ice and some streets. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think is goalie interference and what's not based off of if I was the goaltender. And I, I don't really see goalie interference there. Jarvis was out of the crease. If there was any contact, it was instigated by a Jets player, forcing Seth Jarvis into that contact. I thought Jarvis showed his skill by staying out of the blue paint. So I, I didn't think that was goal interference. I would have thought that would have been a bad call to pull that back. Uh, I, I, I agreed. I was still nervous though, because I mean, with these, with the officiating and props to them, because I did think they get it right. You just never know what goaltending interference is going to be in these games. Uh, but like I said earlier, because I forgot the Jarvis school, but uh, Stahl gets the empty net and solidifies the win against Winnipeg. Excellent win. Um, I thought Ter- Vinan played better in that game. Um, and then we head off to New York. Uh, that New Jersey game wasn't a big fan of. I think it was more of a defensive type of game. I can understand a little bit in the first period of us playing more of a defensive type of game because we're the best defensive team in the league too. Because you have Kachikov in that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So this is a big game because, like we said before, uh, Freddie's out, so he's hurt. So you have Antti Ranta and Pyotr Kochetkov. And we knew he was going to play this New Jersey game. He was going to play the Devils game or the Islanders game, and they went with the Devils game. So Kachetkov's in net. So, yeah, you have a new goalie. You're not 100% sure how things are going to work. You're going to probably adapt your style to a much more defensive-minded team, which Carolina is or the best defensive team in the league. So you want to play tight in front of in front of your new goaltender. You don't want him to have to face a lot of quality shots, and he didn't. And I think what shots he did face, Kochetkov did well. I certainly don't blame that first goal against Kochetkov. It was a deflection, and he was screened heavily. Yeah. And it goes in, and you can't blame him at all for that. And again, like I, I tweeted out during the game, you can't blame the goalie if you aren't scoring goals, right? At the time, Carolina was not scoring any goals. No, they weren't, um, because uh, New Jersey gets makes it two to nothing. I mean, you could say Koshikov could have had that, but it was off the post and in. It's his first game in the NHL. You gotta give him a little bit of something. You can't expect a uh, Cam Ward type of player out of him. And I saw that a few times on Twitter of comparing him to uh, Cam Ward of the 06 run. But yeah, um, and that might be I would what never we need put, now too. So <laughs> I would never talk put that, that expectation no, on him, but uh, he, it seems like he's going to be in the role of Cam Ward during playoff times. Yeah, so it does look that way. You can't compare him to Cam Ward because, you know, that was just an outstanding run that Cam Ward had. You you hope that you get something like that, though, right? That, that's the hope because we'll talk about it in just a minute of why. and But we'll finish up this Devils game. Um, Carolina in the third period, the last five minutes are like, Oh, we're playing a hockey game. We need to score some goals. And Brady Shea takes a shot on net, deflects off a devil's player and into the goal. And I wish that was Hamilton. Yeah. (laughs) And and you beat, you beat the goalie. And I can't remember right off the top of my head who, who's in, who was in net for John Gillis, John Gillis. Yeah. He has only won three games this season. I think one of them was against us when Jack LaFontaine played, um, he might be in the playoffs. Yeah, let's too. not talk about that. Um, so Brady Shea scores, and that breaks the dam open, right? Just a minute or two later, Nino Nina Ryder scores, and the game is tied. And I can hear fans saying, where is the bleeping defense <laughs> and the broadcasts? So, I did I did hear a fan scream out, but I didn't know that's what they said. Yeah, I could hear it. I heard that's what they said. And it's kind of funny to hear it because New Jersey broke down. I mean, they just, pure and simple, they, they broke down at the end of the game. They got one, they got two, and tie game, Carolina almost got a third in regulation, but goes to overtime. So you get a point. Needed, needed, needed to get a point. Because exactly. this game did not look like you were going to get anything out of it. You got that point. So at that point, Hurricanes fans, I'm sure, like, you know what? We lose, we lose. We got a point that we probably didn't deserve or really earn for this game. 
but Carolina surprises us again. Not too terribly long into over overtime, Seth Jarvis from Tony D'Angelo, which I'm sure just upset so many people that Tony D'Angelo got a point, and we really don't care about your opinion. But Tony D'Angelo gets an unbelievably amazing pass to Seth Jarvis, who buries it to win the game in overtime. Great, great pass from D'Angelo. And I, I wish... They didn't give him an assist, but I wish Aho got an assist because he was a factor in that um, goal. Uh, one thing I do want to say, this team, I think when it comes to playoff time, needs to be a little more physical. Now, it's not their identity, obviously, which is fine, but I think you need physicalness in the playoffs. And this was proven, if you saw in the overtime, when Slavin knocked down, um, I think, Jesper Boquist, uh, he's been pretty hot for New Jersey as of late, uh, and we get possession of the puck that eventually leads to the Seth Jarvis school. You need some of that. Um, when this team is not on their game, they are soft, they are too puck-focused, and they get beaten behind the net. That's the, kind of the defense that I see um, when they are not on their game. But Slavin makes a good, physical, clean play on him, gets the puck, and um, don't know what happens in, can't remember what happens what in, in between when Slavin got the puck and when uh, that Seth Jarvis goal happened. But um, Ajo uh, takes it in um, and gives it to D'Angelo, who was or, or actually, it was Ajo, a turnover. So Aho, yes, Aho's fighting with the New Jersey player who has the puck, forces probably that defenseman to make a pass they did not want to make, and D'Angelo keeps it in, and it's more or less a three on one because there's only one defenseman there, and uh, gets it to Jarvis. Yes. Jarvis slams it home, and. You could just see the look on the devil's goalie face that it just, that was a whirlwind of about seven minutes, five, so between five and seven minutes for him. And that was it. New Jersey blew it. They did. And uh, New Jersey is going to need to uh, have, because the thing with New Jersey as of late, too, is that they sometimes do have been getting leads and then they blow it. Uh, I actually uh, heard Nico Hiche talk after that game, saying that he's just frustrated of losing. Uh, they need to get better goaltending. Um, is Blackwood the answer? I don't know. But I do think he's better than, uh, what's his name, John Gillies. So uh, New Jersey needs to improve from the net, but the most important thing is that uh, we win, New Jersey win, in all reality, we probably shouldn't have earned it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Carolina turned it on at the end, and Carolina is a better team than New Jersey. And they showed that even with five minutes left, that's all they needed to to get back in the game. And they did. And it was great to see a good win there, and that extended the Hurricanes' win streak to three. And now we're on to today's game against the New York Islanders, which I, I we all knew would be a little on the tough side because it's back-to-back. And at funky times, yesterday's game was twelve thirty. Today's game was at one. So and and uh, like we said uh, yesterday, the Rangers first against Boston. Um, that was right after when our game ended, and the Rangers lost to Boston, which was really good for us, um, especially with the win over the Islanders, which I thought Carolina played a lot better game against the Islanders than they did against New Jersey. Um, I mean, I love that first goal by Stepan. You draw him back in the lineup after, was it, three or four games, and he scores from a terrible turnover by Noah Dobson. Like, that, that goal was just funny, just more on the turnover aspect of it. Yeah, it was a surprising goal. It stunned both of us. I'm sure it stunned the Islanders, and Carolina goes up one nothing. It's great to see Stepan score, because he's fantastic. He had a great game. Oh, that line played well. It was Stepan, uh, Natchez, and Lawrence, and they had a very good game. They played very, very well. 
I, I really don't think. I, I think the line that struggled the most. I think the player that struggled the most tonight was Aho. He was kind of non-existent, non-existent today. Um, he did have an assist, but I think in general he really wasn't noticeable tonight. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I'd rather him kind of play that style of game where he's there now. Hopefully in the playoffs it changes, but right now, just because of the injury woes, I really, you can't afford Ajo to get hurt. So, you know, I don't really want him going into places where he's going to get hurt. Not now. Not, not in a position where the games don't matter as much. Exactly. So step on scores and then Jarvis. Uh, I think he's on a, uh, three, yeah, three game, uh, Goal scoring streak. Uh, he's been fantastic. I thought that goal was sick. He just turns around and uh, mm-hmm. caught the goalie too deep in his net. And it was a and, power play goal. So and, he was yeah, bumped was up to that play. first power play unit for sure. And it looks like at the very least, Jarvis is on a one, two, three, four game point streak. So that's impressive for, for him. Uh no, correction, he's not. So he didn't have a point against Winnipeg. But and No, this, no, he did. He he got the goal. That's right. He did score against the Jets. So he's yeah, he's he's had a point in every game from Colorado to the Islanders game. He's had at least a point. So Jarvis is playing very very good hockey. So and you need that for the playoffs. He he he, he does remind me a little bit of Braden Point's style of his game. Or does he remind you of any particular Marty San Luis? Really, St. Louis. He reminds me of St. Louis, a guy who can score goals, and he's not as big as some other players. So, but he plays a good, he plays a big game and a highly skilled game, which is why I think Jarvis, because Adam Adam Gold mentioned it, I agree that I think Jarvis is going to be a a goal scorer for this team. I think he's going to light the lamp. I think he's proven he's. I think he's going to be a natural goal scorer, and I think that's really what this team has missed, and he's discovering that now at the most important part of the season. Yeah, he is. I still think um, Svetch can be a goal scorer. Now, I think he's developed from being a sniper type of player in his first year to being a little bit more of a power forward type of guy. But if if we can see Svetch get 40 goals in a season, I mean, that... that I think that's very possible of hitting. Yeah, I think back. so too. I think Svetch can turn into that. And I think right now Jarvis just seems to be more natural at it, which is fine. You know, as long as one of those guys, you know, we get that goal scorer on that top line, that's what matters. And if we have two, <laughs> be even that's better. great. Because, yeah, perfect. And Jarvis played well. And obviously at the end of that period, you kind of get a little nervous because the Islanders score to bring in within one. So you're sitting there like, okay, you know, What's going to happen? But Carolina answered that next shift. They played well. I mean, Carolina was the better team for the rest of the first period. Even though the Islanders scored, they did not allow them to get momentum. But you get into that second period where I feel the Islanders were definitely the better team. So they, the Islanders won that second period. And they, they score a goal. Uh, Pollock uh, ties the game. Felt, Unfortunately, felt bad for Koshikov because I don't think that was his fault. He was perfectly screened by uh, that wasn't Kuchet- That wasn't Kuchetkov. When Pollock scored, no, it was okay. Yeah, because Ranta I, I only allowed one. So then we need to back up and say Ranta got hurt in this game. He took an, a funky shot. It wasn't hard. It was just a, an unusual shot. So he had to move. But you could visibly see him in pain. Trip and Mike were talking about it. You could see Ranta was uncomfortable. He wasn't feeling right. And we needed a whistle badly. Yeah. And Kochetkov was getting ready in the tunnel and putting his mask on, ready to go. So you know he's coming in. And Ranta's just out there surviving. And fortunately, um you get that whistle and nothing develops. And Ranta goes off and Ranta is out for the rest of the game. So Kochetkov comes in. Then you're right, uh, Polak scores, he was screened, Kochetkov did not see the puck, cannot blame him for it, but that was it. It was That's Zach Parise that um, yeah. still standing right in front of him. It was a good screen, honestly, Yeah, and it's a good him. goal, and sometimes it's just what happens. You allow a good goal to have, you know, a good goal is scored. It's not that Carolina was bad, not that your goalie was bad. It's just a good hockey goal, and that's what it was. It was just a good goal. Kochetkov let one in, not a big deal. He shut the door for the rest of the game. 
Yes. And uh, third period, now, obviously, um, we are tied, but I think um, at that point into the second period, we're more concerned about Ranta than anything else. Yes, because your top right two goalies now. are hurt. You have Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta are hurt, and which comes back to what we were talking about yeah. for the playoffs. You're, you're hoping that Kochetkov can, can do what Cam Ward did. We don't want to compare them, but you need something like that. Even if you get like half of that, you, you need him to come in and be good. You don't need him to be great. Cam Ward was legendary good. You just need Kachetkov to be good for down the stretch in the regular season because he's probably going to start against the Rangers and against the Devils, right? That's who's your goaltender is going to be. It will not be Jack LaFontaine, who right now is probably the only goalie available to be brought up. McNiemi, we found out, is injured. Alex Lyon is injured. So your top three goaltenders are hurt, right? You have Anderson hurt. Ranta hurt, Lyon hurt, so you have to bring up Kuchetkov. Itu Makinyemi is probably your, you know, your fourth goal, you know, fifth goaltender. So you have Kuchetkov, your third string, because he's fantastic. I mean, he's fantastic. Ito Makinyemi is also fantastic. So you have two really good young goalies. But the other issue is Makinyemi's hurt. So and he's been hurt since December. So four I, of your what? five top goaltenders are hurt. That is not good. Not good at all. So right now, Jack left, and that's just unlucky, right? It has nothing to do with, and I've already seen it on on Twitter and social media. Why did you sign two goaltenders who are injury prone? They haven't been hurt all year. You had a couple stretches where maybe they were a little tweaked, but they played well. You they really, did. you really want to talk about that? Freddie Anderson's a Vesna contending goaltender. Like, don't, don't, don't come out here and now you start to complain that you have two injury prone goalies. Well, one, Freddie Anderson was hit. I mean, he was hurt. It, it would it just reality. He was suffering from something from that Caps game where Wilson ran into him. Tom Wilson's a big dude. So he kept playing through it and it just got worse and worse and worse. He probably needed more time off. And Auntie Ranta, I'm not sure what happened there. It's lower body, but I don't know if he had something ailing him already. He seems like he had been playing pretty good hockey lately. So that's unfortunate to see. So I'm not sure what he tweaked. And then Mech and Yemi and Lyon going down. No one would think that would have happened. I mean, four of your top five goaltenders getting hurt is just that just the odds are very, very low. Part of the reason why we signed Jack LaFontaine, Jack LaFontaine, Fontaine. Jack LaFontaine, yeah. LaFontaine, yeah. I don't know why I just butchered that name. But uh, that was the reason why we signed him was because a lot of our goalies were injured at the time. And we obviously obviously saw what happened to him in that New Jersey game. Um, That was not a pretty game at all uh, with his performance. So, Kotrikov... um, and LaFontaine are probably the healthy goalies going into the playoffs at, at this moment. So Rod Brindamore said after today's game, just a real quick, uh, Corey Lavalette, um, North State Journal posted, Brindamore said he hopes Ronta's injury isn't too serious and they'll know more in a couple days. He didn't know who the team will call up in the meantime. By my count, it will have to be LaFontaine. So Ronta's hurt. They don't really know what's going to happen. You'll probably have an idea in the next couple of days, like you said. Same with Anderson. So it does look like potentially going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Carolina Hurricanes will have to will will have to ice two rookie goaltenders and Piotr Kochetkov and Lafon Jack Lafontaine. And I can tell you right now, Kochetkov's the starting goaltender. Who are you more optimistic coming back right now? Because obviously Ranta and Anderson are injured. I might lean a little bit more toward Ranta. Um, yeah, I would coming lean toward back. Ranta as Auntie Ranta as well because, and solely because he did finish out that shift. He didn't stay on the ground, and the whistle was blown because he's hurt. Anderson's uh, Anderson was down down badly. And he needed help off the ice. Ronta skated off on his own power. So the hope is he maybe just tweaked something and he'll get the rest of the season off, which is the right thing to do. You'd rather get to the playoffs healthy than the Metro Metro Division champs, right? Fortunately, Carolina has put themselves in a good position because they won this game. Uh, They shut it down in front of Kochetkov after that goal. 
Max Domi, Domi scores. He, he Beautiful yeah. pass from Tara Vinen. Oh, it was. I thought Max Domi was one of the best players in yes. today's game. Yes, if I was giving three stars, I would I would probably make Max Domi number one, Seth Jarvis number two. And um, I, I honestly thought that Brendan Smith had a very good game. So I would make Brendan Smith number three. Um, he, he, I think he's going to be needed in the playoffs, yes. Brendan Smith, over Ethan Bear. And Martinuk had a good game. It is rare that we're, we're usually very complimentary toward Martinuk playing up, but he played a very good game on that second line, and he got rewarded. He he helped start the goal to to get the lead. Martinuk battled and fought, got the puck to Teravainen, up to Domi, and Domi pops it in right in front of the goal. So give a lot of credit to Martinuk. Martinuk as an honorary star for sure. He played a very 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 good game, um, and then. You shut it down. M- two empty nickels. Uh, Faust and Smith. And I even heard from Chip Tracy. I think Faust uh, hit a uh, hit when it came to his uh, goal scoring. I think he hit uh, his highest in his career. Yes, which is great for him. Faust from Stall. So the one line, you know, getting on the board again. They always seem to be factoring in, especially in the last several games. They've been really good. Arizona, they had a point. Um, Winnipeg, they had a point. Uh, New Jersey, they had a point. And then this game, they get a point. <laughs> so, you know, they're just factoring it at every every game. Yeah, and we haven't talked a lot about Jesper Faust on no. this podcast. I want to say I think he is the most well-rounded player on this team. He's sneaky good. Most play, you know, you don't think about Faust, which makes him as good because people don't think about him. But he, he he quietly gets points. He quietly plays a good game. That's what he he helps make this line fantastic of Stahl, Faust, and Niederreiter. Obviously, Niederreiter is the flashy one because he's usually the one scoring the goals. He stabilizes a line. Yes. And Jordan Stahl has just been getting all the headlines because he's scoring like crazy. And you're like, where did this come from? Yeah, exactly. But uh, just... The ones line, that's what Gold would say. Just amazing. The most consistent line the whole season. I'm just happy uh, that we have a line like that. And like I told you while watching this game, they're not a fast line, but they're a grinding type of line. And I honestly hope uh, when it comes to having home ice advantage in the playoffs that... I hope that's a line that kind of a little bit goes up against the top two lines of the opposing teams yeah. so that we can probably maybe get um, when Trocek comes back, because he wasn't in the Islanders game, maybe have uh, his line play against maybe uh, the other team's third yeah. line. So, and I think that's what you're going to get, but we'll have to wait and see. And like I said, so now you're, you, you put yourself in a great spot. You win both games against the devils and the Islanders. So you won those two. That's huge. You right now have a four point lead on the Rangers. They have a game in hand, but Carolina wins against the Rangers. They clinch. They win the metropolitan division. There's nothing the Rangers can do to bring themselves into a, um, into a win. I think if the Carolina Hurricanes get a point, they clinch the division. Oh, yeah. it's So, yeah, they clinch. So, a point – the Hurricanes getting a point in any fashion against the Rangers, and they clinch the division. Because then if they get a point, the Rangers can only improve by a point, so they'll have a three-point lead. Um, so, no, 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 because then – the Rangers still have two games left, and they could get four points. So a win in any fashion against the Rangers on Tuesday, and the Carolina Hurricanes will win the Metropolitan Division. That's two straight seasons of winning a division for, for the Hurricanes. That's fantastic. Winning the Metropolitan Division is also a lot harder than winning this. What is a lot harder than them will have won winning the Central Division. So this team is really, really good, and this team is definitely going places. And it would be a shame that the season ends poorly because of goaltending injuries. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Kuchetkov will surprise us in the playoffs if that's indeed what happens. He played well in the New Jersey game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought he played pretty 
Well, I would say maybe even better in the Islanders game. Yeah, Kochetkov. I thought he established his game more in the Islanders game. New Jersey, and it makes sense too. It's your first game. You're going. It, it it's going to show. Um, and it, it it did a little bit show uh, with his puck handling thing at behind the nets. I think it's important to point out since Kochetkov's come over from Russia, I think he's only lost two games. One in regulation and one in overtime, both in the both with Chicago. So he has yet to lose in the NHL because he does get credit for the win today because of what the score was. Um, so that's that's important. So we'll see what happens going down the stretch. Expect Kuchetkov to start against the Rangers. He probably will. You know that's going to be the biggest game of his very young NHL career. But I think it's going to be fun watching that kid develop and he is going to be very good it's unfortunate that he's having to be thrust into the situation he is at yes. this stage of the season but maybe he does shine maybe he does become that next cam ward you never know that should not be placed upon him but it's possible yeah. he just needs to play his game he plays his game and he does well when he gets to his game, when he plays his game, he is a very successful goaltender. His personality is very good. The players in the locker room seem to really have taken to him. Svechnikov's really kind of his mentor right now because Kochetkov doesn't know a lot of English, and he's his translator. But I'm excited for what this kid will do. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. There's only two more regular season games left, and then we start the postseason. And like we talked about, what we'll do in the postseason is – we will evaluate each round because it's going to be a little wonky with, with games and the playoffs. So after each round is concluded, we'll, we'll discuss it and then we'll figure out what we want to do in the off season. So we're going to be doing kind of, I'm guessing a playoff preview and a playoff review. Yes. Is so the idea. Correct. So, um, what, what the plan is, is next week where we'll be recording again at the end of the season. And we're going to talk about the team. We're going to talk about where they are and prepping you all for the playoffs. And then once the playoffs start, after each round, we'll start releasing podcasts, which will be about every week-ish, week and a half, because that's how long they last. I've been brainstorming some episodes on the offseason. And a little bit of a sneak peek, hopefully this comes to fruition, but I'd love to do like a two-part episode on the history of the hurricanes i think that'd be fun yeah to do i that. think that would be a good idea we'll have to maybe look at maybe getting some guests on as well in the off season and you know we, we love probably to- closer to training camp uh yeah we'll have to see and we'll have fun we'll probably take a, a summer break at some point too and take a week or two off and you know because depending on what point in the summer it'll be dead there won't be a lot to talk about but um, July is going a lot to talk about. July will be you big. Have um, mm-hmm. the draft. Yep. Which I mean, I this team is no longer a rebuilder, which I'm happy. But regardless of what happens in the draft, it can be huge for both a rebuilding team and a contending team. Yes. And then there's free agency, which is going to be the bigger part for the Hurricanes organization because there's a lot of contracts to talk about. And um, I'm enjoying to talk about the uh, contract situation at yes. the end of the season. So. It's going to be fascinating. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this. I am Sam Driscoll. I am Sam Wallace. Hope you have a uh, great week. Bye.